Welcome to the Professional Writer Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Christensen, and I'm here to help you confidently plan, launch, and grow your writing-related business. You'll find the show notes for today's episode at bloggingbistro.com. Well, I'm excited to welcome my friend Lisa Bogart onto the podcast today. Welcome, Lisa. (laughs) Hi, Laura. Lisa, you and I uh, met at a writer's conference somewhere down the line, which is the case with a lot of the people I've been interviewing on this podcast. So hopefully that will give those of you that are listening a clue that attending writer's conferences is a really good way of connecting with other writers. Would you agree with that, Lisa? Oh, totally. I've gotten some really good endorsement things that way too. You know, you go up to the keynote speaker and say, hey, I really love your talk. And then later they might endorse your book. Ah, so true. So you, and you don't make friends with them or become acquainted with them so that they will endorse your book. <laughs> no, 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 no. But, but, but uh, when Debbie Maycomber was, she was speaking at uh, Mount Hermon and she and I are both knitters. And I just went up and said, you know, I noticed you're knitting between conference sessions and I showed her what I was working on and she showed me hers. And, and then a year later, I had, I had just sent her a thank you note that said, oh, I'm so glad that you were speaking at this conference. And one thing led to another, and it was comfortable enough to ask her to endorse my knit book. So you never oh, know. Oh, that's so cool. And she's a big name in the world of publishing. Yeah, she was. <laughs> a huge <laughs> name. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was, it was really cool. But as you said, that was not why I approached her. I was just, I wanted to know what she was knitting. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. That's neat. Well, one of the things I've always appreciated about you, Lisa, or admired about you is your extreme creativity. And um, Lisa and I can see each other on the screen here. You can hear our voices, but I could actually see her. And Lisa has a beautifully, is it purple or pink? Uh, I can't tell from the color. Okay, purple, a little nice purple stripe at the, the hairline. So you have multicolored hair, very creative hair, and you've always had uh, colorful hair ever since I've known you, which I think is totally cool. It's pretty fun. <laughs> You're <Yeah>. brave. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's for the heck of it. Yeah. No, I mean, why go gray when you can go magenta? That's right. I agree with that. Well, one of the things that struck me about you was a couple of years ago, after we were at a writer's conference, or maybe it was about a year ago, I received a note from you in the mail. <laughs> The snail mail, the postal mail. And I thought, how cool is that? Nobody sends letters through the mail anymore. It's always email. At least it is for me because I have an online business. And so everything is email all the time. And it was so much fun to get a letter in the mailbox from you. And so then we saw each other at a writer's conference back in February. And I said, I want to have your home address so that I can mail you a letter because I remember I still had that letter that you sent me a year ago. So I mailed you a little note after that conference. And then I got another letter back from you a few weeks later, and I'm holding it in my hand right here. It's beautiful. You do a calligraphy on the envelope. And then you have this nice postcard, a little nice little note inside. And what I've learned about you, Lisa, is that you have this kind of letter writing campaign going on. And you've been doing that for several years, haven't you? Yeah, well, actually, kind of a lifetime. I used to write letters when I was little too, to my grandparents and to my cousins, because we didn't live close. And then one year for Lent, I grew up as a good Catholic girl, and you had to give up something for Lent. 
one year they sort of introduced the idea of, well, instead of giving up something, how about you add on something, a discipline, either you'll say a rosary every day or you'll, you know, stations of the cross or whatever, as I said, Catholic. Um, but I decided that I would write one letter every day for 40 days of Lent. And it just sort of became a discipline that was something that I enjoyed doing. Now, obviously, I didn't keep that up because <laughs> who can write a letter every day? But I got a lot of letters back from that. And mm. I like sending them out, but I got them back as well. So that was cool. But when we moved, we, we've lived in California for 20, 20 odd years. And we moved away for a small period of time to New York for four years. I um, picked up my letter writing habit again then because I was missing all my friends. And yeah, I saw them on Facebook and, and we would connect on Skype and different things, but it just wasn't quite the same. And I because I didn't have time to think necessarily about what I would say. It was just sort of a blurb and you'd tap like, and it's just not the same connection for me. So um, the letter writing has been a, kind of a lifetime, <laughs> not kind of, it is a lifetime yeah. uh, thing that I do. And as far as how you ended up getting letters after conferences, um, when I attended writers conferences, um, and I've been doing, I've gone to Mount Hermon since 2001. But as I'm going through the conference, I usually keep a, a running tab of different people that I would like to send a thank you note to. And it can be for anything. You know, I, mm. I enjoyed sitting down in the park with you, or I had a good conversation with you at the ice cream social or, or, you know, thanks for letting me borrow your umbrella. And there were certain, not certain, but there were a lot of people that you meet at conferences that you just would like to keep in touch with, but you're not sure how. And that used to be that we would exchange, um, not used to, I think we still do exchange uh, business cards, right? And so a lot of people have just their email address. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. often will just ask outright, do you have you know, would you share your mailing address with me? And people th give it to me and then don't think that I'll ever follow through. <laughs> Little do they know. But then, then after a conference, I will spend time sitting down and writing a note. And it gives, you know, sometimes when you're at a writing conference and you get all anxious about, oh, I'm talking to an editor, I'm gonna, and you really don't have time to calmly, mm -hmm. quietly, say what you want to. When you're writing a letter, you can rewrite and rewrite and rewrite <laughs> and then say exactly what you want. I don't do it for a business. I mean, I know that that's part of what happens because I am getting in touch for business reasons, but I really am getting in touch because you were a cool person at the conference and I want to, I just want to say that that was fun. Well, it, it just, it just nurtures that relationship that you have yeah. started or are continuing with that, when you met that person in person at a conference. One thing I wanted to ask you about this is <laughs> you and I are recording this right during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm -hmm. And all of us worldwide are at home. We're sheltering at home right now. I have been following you on Facebook and have noticed that you seem to be right. ramping up your letter writing recently, or at least publicly, you're you're being more out there about that. So is this something that you have decided to do as a response to the COVID-19 pandemic? And, or is this just something, is the normal part of your yeah. daily life or both? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say both. In, in 2017, I started keeping track of the letters that I wrote just 
who I wrote to and when and a little nugget of what I'd said, just so I, I knew I wouldn't be saying the same thing over and over to people. And so it has been a daily habit for probably two or three years. But in, like you said, we're in the middle of COVID and um, sheltering in place. And I realized for the first two or three weeks of sheltering in place that I was waking up at 3.30 in the morning and just mm -hmm. kind of in a panic. And my panic was, I need to make sure that everyone on my mailing list, which is like 100 people, gets a letter from me today. And just because I thought, well, that's my way of sending love and showing that they're cared for. And, and I know that people appreciate it. And so I would wake up every morning and write 10 letters. And, and I realized this is, this is odd, but that became my way of reaching out and loving on my family and friends. Then fast forward to now church is being done online, mm -hmm. right? We all do Zoom church. And the first week that we all had Zoom, I go to a church that has a relatively older congregation and relatively small. There are about 100 families. And so the first time I saw them all on Sunday, I was like, I was brought to tears because I get to see them again. And I was, I just, I missed them so much. And when you join the church, you get the church directory. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to start sending letters to different people at church. And then the second week of Zoom church, our pastor said, you know, everybody is, is concerned about what they can do from their home because it feels like you can't do a lot of things from your home. And so we were sharing different ideas. And I, I said out loud, I can't believe I said this to everyone because now I have to come clean. I am writing letters to people uh, in the church directory. And I will publicly commit now to, I'm going to write a letter to everyone on the church directory. And so that's what I've been doing. And, you know, and initially it did keep me up at night. I thought, oh, what have I done? But this is going to last a very long time. It's not like it's going to mm -hmm. be, we're not going to come out of our houses in a week. It's going to be weeks. And so that is what I've been doing is uh, the, the campaign, if you want to call it that, is to make sure that everyone at our church gets a letter. And it, somebody asked me, are you just writing the same thing over and over and over again? And I'm, no, I'm not because I know people for different reasons. I know, you know, I know people's yes. prayer concerns. I know, you know, that there might, you know, when you look and see their address, you're like, Hey, you're my neighbor. You live just down the street or, Hey, you live close to so-and-so. Did you know that? And so there are a lot of different little things that I can say to people and the other thing that I ended up doing, just because it seemed really small, I mean, like like a not a not a lot of information, to just send them a postcard. And so I have coloring pages that I've designed, and I printed off a couple of those and put them in every envelope because I thought, well, that's something that the person can actually do and calm down with. It's like this, you know, this may yes. help you pass the afternoon. Oh, that that's such a great idea. So you're you're kind of building and growing this as you go along and you're not doing a form letter or like an email blast would be to your entire email list. Yeah. You're doing personalized, handwritten with a pen letters to each person plus yeah. you decorate the envelopes. I I mean, it probably took you longer to decorate the envelope on the note that you sent to me than it did to write the note because it's got this this large C for Christensen in a calligraphy 
font. I don't know how, I don't know anything about calligraphy, so I'm probably saying that wrong. Well, it, technically it's not calligraphy just because it's, it's not all oh. that swooshy and done with those. See, I told no, you but <laughs> what it, what it is, what it mimics, what it's supposed to mimic is um, illuminated manuscripts and initial caps. So you take, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, the initial cap. Initial cap. Yeah. Yes. It's illuminated. I feel like I'm in the there Bible you or go. something I'm a, in the British Museum. I'm a little monk in my little <laughs> monastery. <laughs> but you're using yeah. markers, oh, yeah, 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 colored yeah. markers, yeah. No, right? No, I haven't done anything special yeah. here. And that, that, is, that is the other thing. I Because I've been sending out all these letters, because um, since COVID started, I think I've sent out like 100 or 200 letters, um, which <sighs> is my answer to keeping sane. <laughs> but... Um, yeah. And well, and here's the really cool thing. I'm looking at my envelope right now. It's got three stamps on it. Um, Francis of Assisi, yeah. which is totally cool because I, yes, I, I went to Assisi last it. summer and visited all the studied St. Francis. Um, and then you have another stamp, a nation of readers and a third <laughs> stamp. I have like three literary or cool stamps on here. The John Steinbeck stamp. And so we've got a total of uh, fifty-five cents worth of stamps on this envelope. I, I mean, I could tell just from looking at the stamps that that yep. was customized yep. just for me because you knew that I had gone to Italy, and um, you also know that I'm a reader and a writer, and so you put those literary stamps on there, which was really special. Thank you. Actually, there's there's a little bit of a story behind the stamps themselves. My mom, um, like I said, we've been writing letters in our family for a long time. My mom used to collect stamps. And um, there are certain ways that you're supposed to collect stamps with plate blocks and all the good stuff. And um, she she didn't really do that. She just collected pretty stamps. And so there, it was a mishmash of stuff. Anyway, I found them when I was going through her stuff and helping her move. And she said, oh, here, just take them all. And uh, so I've been using them to mail to everybody else. And I was at the post office in New Jersey. I was visiting someone and I still mail people even when I'm on, when I'm traveling because, you know, postcards, but I was in the, I was in line and there was a woman ahead of me who had, she had, she was mailing an overnight letter, but she'd put stamps on it because, you know, as long as the postage adds up to the right amount, you can use stamps. It doesn't have to be you know, the, one of their metered press mm-hmm. metered things from the post office. Anyway, I said, Oh, that's cool. I use that too. And showed her my letters. And she goes, Oh, cause her husband was with her. And he said, Oh, we're trying to get rid of our collection. We just got too many. And I said, well, I'd, I'd really be interested in buying some of them. I'll buy them for face value if you want to get rid of them. And she was sort of like, ah, I don't, you know, whatever. And I said, well, let's exchange emails and, and we'll see. So we did. And I emailed her back. Come to find out she and my sister are in the same garden club. And so she, uh, she knew I wasn't a crazy woman. I mean, maybe a little crazy. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, we, we went back and forth. And so she has a huge collection and, was, and has been trying to get rid of it. And so I asked her for stamps, all kinds of stamps. Like you, uh, I have stamps for different states in the union i have different you know there's mm-hmm. there's cactuses and balloons and teddy bears and all kinds of different things and so she showed me pictures of what she had and i picked things out and so i i bought 300 dollars worth of stamps from her and just like so now i can like you said customize them to who's receiving them and like for my son the game is to see how many stamps i can put on a letter to him because it's like, <laughs> all right, buddy. 
Those envelopes are only so wide. Well, if you make your dress small enough and you put it in the lower left-hand corner, you can cover the rest yeah. of it. But it's pretty fun. It really is. Oh, this is just so neat. I, I, I love this because a lot of people think that in order to be a professional writer, that you have to be constantly publishing books or have your stuff published in magazines or whatever that you're doing to earn an income. And I know that you do earn an income from your writing. We'll talk about that in a minute. But this is such a wonderful outflow. It's something that any of us can do, no matter how young, old, or in between we are, is to write a handwritten letter to somebody and find some cool stamps and decorate it in fun colors and just brighten somebody's day, particularly now that we're stuck at home. I think that this is a wonderful outreach that any of us can start doing right now. So thank you for sharing that with us, Lisa. That's so encouraging. And I, I'm just guessing that you're getting a really positive <laughs> response from the recipients of these letters that you're sending out. Have you gotten any in return from this first batch of a hundred? I have, I have. And it's, it's fun because almost across the board, they've, they've said, I haven't gotten the handwritten note in forever. And, you know, and you decorated it and mm. this, and I, and I, and yeah. what they don't realize is if you send me a letter in the mail that I feel obligated to answer it and will become pen pals. But, uh -huh. but it's become such a thing that I, I will come clean and announce it publicly on your podcast. You get to be first to know that I'm actually working on a book proposal for handwritten letters and how that this is an important thing to do, that it's meaningful. And so I'm writing a book about why you would do this rather than how to do this. Yes, there's some ideas about about how okay. you go about it and you know prompts to help and that sort of thing. But the bottom line, the big the big meat of the book is about why would you bother to do this? You know, the letter's not going to arrive and for mm -hmm. a week and there you know does anybody really care about this anymore? And I have found that people are they're first surprised that they're getting something in the mail, but then they're touched that someone mm -hmm. would go to the trouble. I mean, you think about it, you've got to find their address. You've got to get a stamp and an envelope. You've got to, you know, actually write something, think about what you want to write to these people. And um, it's just, it's really satisfying on both sides and people respond. They just do. Well, that's wonderful. And congratulations that you've got an idea going for a new book proposal. Now that doesn't mean right. that it's necessarily right. going to come to fruition, but you're working on a proposal right now that is an outgrowth mm -hmm. of the letter writing that you've been doing all these years. That's so cool. I just <laughs> love that. You heard it here first folks <laughs> on the professional writer podcast. Another one of the outflows of your creativity is that you have written three adult coloring books. Again, a different type of writing. Correct. That what than what most people do. So tell us a little bit about the process of creating coloring books for adults. And the titles of two of those books are Drawn to Worship and Drawn from the Heart. And those are actually coloring books that combine their devotionals and coloring books together. So how does that <laughs> yeah, work? Yeah, really. How does that work? It's uh, one of those things that grew out of something that I do anyway. And so it, it's sort of like the letter writing story in that 
I was at a writer's conference, again, plugging that everyone go to a writer's conference of some sort. But I was at a writer's conference and I was taking a class from Alan Arnold. And he was talking about the the spirit and creativity behind writing and, and writing with God instead of for God. And it was a very creative kind of juicy class. I was taking notes with markers in hand. I had a big batch of markers and a sketchbook and was just writing writing things down that were like keywords. I'd write the word peace down and just sort of decorate the page and do whatever because I knew I would get the audio (laughs) from him so I wouldn't have to remember everything. Um, Mm -hmm. But anyway, I had this notebook and at the conference, I was meeting with uh, my agent. We were coming to the end of our our little get uh, just check-in session, basically. And we were trying to brainstorm some ideas of what, what might be my next project. And I said, you know, I, I'm not sure what's next, but I'm having such fun doing this class. And I opened up my notebook and showed her what I'd been doing. And and I closed it and got up to go. And she's like, wait, 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 just a minute here. You should share that with your readers. And I was like, well, what, you know, that's kind of personal. I don't know if I, you know, she goes, think about it. So I went back to class and one thing led to another and I thought, yeah, these drawings are kind of fun. It would be fun. And it was at a time when adult coloring books were in vogue. It was the hot button thing. There were, I mean, if you remember, there were coloring books everywhere. You walk into Barnes and Noble and right by the door, there were just rounders Mm -hmm. of them. So it was an idea of its time, but also up until that point, I had been writing devotionals. That was my thing. I wrote a collection of knit devotionals. I wrote for the upper room. I wrote for daily guidepost devotionals. And so that was my thing. And I wanted to combine the two. And I thought, well, this, you know, if I wrote a devotion and then a picture to go with that devotion, that would give someone more time to ruminate on the lesson or the key thought that I was trying to get across. So we put together the, the proposal for that, but it came out of notes and drawings and things that I like to do anyway. And so it just, it shows, um, it shows that, that your creativity, it doesn't have to be, you know, I've got this great idea for this novel or whatever. You can start where your creativity is. If it's a little, you know, if it's letter writing, if it's drawing, if it's, you know, if it's podcasting, there are, are writing ideas there. Yes. And so it's kind of a matter of thinking outside the box in a way is taking some of the things that you already love to do or enjoy doing and seeing how you can expand on those in new and creative ways. And I think that you are such a prime example of doing that, Lisa. And so I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today to share your heart and share what you've been doing and your your creativity with my listeners. If people want to learn more about you, where can they go to get more information about Lisa Bogart? It's really easy. It's lisabogart.com. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I will put that link in the show notes. Are you active on any particular social media channels? Um, pretty much Facebook. Facebook's where I interact. Okay. And that's that's the place. So Lisa Bogart author on Facebook, as you can find me right. there as well. And if you're very brave, share your share your snail mail address with me. <laughs> See what this is and all about. And you will write a letter. <laughs> oh, thanks so much, friends, for joining Lisa and me today on the Professional Writer Podcast. Again, just a reference, you'll find the show notes for today's episode where you can get more information about Lisa and her ministry of creativity and coloring books and letter writing and all the other things, knitting. You're also a big knitter. You'll find the link to Lisa's site, lisabogart.com at my site, bloggingbistro.com. So thanks for joining us and we'll talk with you again next week.